0: I'm Rachel Hampton and I'm Candace Lim and you're listening to ICYMI, in case you missed it Slate's podcast about internet culture and Candace I
1: have something to tell you that has been let's say haunting my thoughts since I first read it
0: Ooh, do tell do tell
1: So, apparently, Catherine Hardwick, director of the very first Twilight movie, illustrious, you know, savant of culture, Mm -hmm. said in an interview that Jacob Elordi and Jenna Ortega would be amazing in a Twilight reboot. And something about that pairing just sends off question marks in my head like it's it's just like one of those dvd screensavers except (laughs) it's just a question mark bouncing from corner to corner
0: oh my gosh i saw this too and here's the deal I don't love this casting because mm, I'm like same. the the height difference alone would make twenty six hour days. Like you're not you're not gonna shoot this in time.
1: You're not. I mean, famously, Jacob Black in the Twilight franchise was supposed to be like six five, right. but they cast Short King Taylor Lautner for many reasons, mostly his ethnic ambiguity, right. but also because it just makes shooting easier. But also, Jacob Elordi is Edward. I just.
0: Ooh, that scene where that scene where Bella comes in and he acts like he just threw up and farted at the same time in the lab. <laughs> like, do you really think Jacob Elordi is gonna do that? No, actually,
1: he had some pretty good mean moments in Euphoria. <laughs> I was scared of him as Nate, so he maybe could do that but Ooh. I don't know but speaking of iconic franchises from our middle school days mm-hmm. um, you mentioned to me off mic that you've been seeing a lot of
0: Hunger Games content recently oh 100% I mean I used to love the Hunger Games I guess I still Same. do and the thing is the Hunger Games has been making a bit of a comeback on my timeline because of the prequel coming out but with that came the return of a very iconic fan edit I would like to play for you
2: you just put your lips together when you come real close.
0: Can you blow my whistle, baby? Whistle, baby. Here we go. Um, what is this? <laughs> okay, so back in 2014, a YouTube account by the name of Metro Girls Station. Wow. Uh-huh posted Iconic. a fan edit or a fan cam of josh hutcherson set to a cover of the song whistle by flo right and <laughs> this was specifically a happy birthday edit to celebrate josh's birthday so at the end it says mm. happy birthday josh hutcherson so it's like totally fine yeah, no yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i think this was <laughs> probably created because people were thirsty for josh and the hunger games he played pita but mm-hmm. it returned in 2023 not only because of the prequel coming out, but also because he was recently in this movie called Five Nights at Freddy's. So I just feel like Josh Fever <laughs> might be back in the sewers, Rachel.
1: <laughs> not the sewers. I just gotta mm-hmm. say, that was one of the most 2014 ass sentences I've ever heard, which is a fan cam of Josh Hutchinson set to a cover of the song Whistle by Flo Rida made by someone by the handle of Metro Girl Station. Metro just- Girl Station? <laughs> 2014 <laughs> oozing out of every word in yeah. in that sentence. I've yeah. been seeing this go around because people on TikTok are like basically photoshopping this fan edit in this kind of rickrolly way where yeah. it's like, oh my god, did you guys see the post-credit scene for the Hunger Games prequel? And it's it's the whistle edit. Mm-hmm. Or this could happen when you fill your ice trays, like be careful, and it's just the whistle edit photoshopped onto a block of ice.
0: Oh yeah. And the thing is, I laugh, but the fan <laughs> has 3.3 million views. So guys, do not put disrespect on Metro Girls Station's name. I
1: I would never put disrespect on anyone whose YouTube handle is Metro Girls Station. I <laughs> simply find that to be iconic behavior. Yes. But there has been another comeback happening and I don't necessarily know if it says welcome as much as you are welcoming the return of sure. the whistle edit. Uh, You know, let's talk about the Emma, the Emma sphere.
0: Mm, yeah. So the week of Thanksgiving, the one and only Emma Chamberlain posted her first vlog in six months. It's called Are You Mad at Me? And <laughs> I personally feel like the subreddit rejoiced. Mm -hmm. And y'all may remember us talking about
1: Emma back in February because that was also Candace's first time on the podcast. Mm -hmm. But let's talk about this comeback. What has Miss Emma been up to for the past six months? I've been seeing some people not too happy with her.
0: Yeah. So the last time we talked about Emma, I said something along the lines of, you know, she's starting to eke away from YouTube, which is the place that got her famous. And she's starting to firmly place herself in fashion girly territory, which I still think is true. You know, she's been to multiple Met galas. She's front row at Paris Fashion Week. And she's kind of been detaching from her vlogs, which is ironic because that was how her fans attached to her in the first place. So. A few things have happened with Emma since her last posting. The first one being she broke up with her boyfriend, who is allegedly a singer named role model. I will just say personally, not devastated.
1: I didn't even know who this man was, so mm-hmm. same. Mm-hmm. But I, I do feel like their relationship was probably cursed because they did that GQ couples quiz thing. And yeah. much like whenever a celebrity does a tour of their shared home on mm-hmm. Architectural Digest, mm-hmm. there, there, there's something happening and it's not exactly. good. Exactly. <laughs>
0: Exactly. And the thing is, like, they did this huge cover story for GQ Hype, and I just remember reading the whole thing, spending the whole time being like, ooh, you are too young to do this. This is not going Mm. to end well. Anyway, even though she hasn't been on YouTube, she has been uploading twice weekly to her Spotify podcast, Anything Goes. Oh, my God.
1: Twice weekly. Wow. I wonder where she got that (laughs) idea. (laughs) And if I'm correct, these videos usually have like a video element to them, as most Mm -hmm. of the podcast girliers are doing. But they're usually longer than her vlogs, right? Right. But despite the extra content, you're telling me the chambermaids are not satisfied?
0: No, no, no. The chambermaids are waving our brooms in the air because, (laughs) look, I'm going to be honest. I think these videos are kind of lazy it's just her sitting on a day bed holding a mic phone on a tripod and i understand for some people they might love to watch like a kelsey brother sit in a chair for an hour 30 mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. emma's vlogs are usually pretty active you know she's showing more of what she's doing than what she's saying it's handicap style so there's a lot more movement and action plus her editing style is so funny and unique to her but on top of that emma has just been getting so much flack for her podcast topics, which are, I mean, Rachel, let me just read some of them to you. Okay. These are titles of real episodes she's put out. Okay. The Art of Being Mysterious. Oh. Do We Need Religion? Oh. Character Assassination. I, I, somewhere
1: I hear in the ether, Rene Descartes. <laughs> Hitting the subscribe button, mm. <laughs> AirPods
0: in, Tinto's down. Absolutely, absolutely not. Because some <laughs> of her fans have called her takes lukewarm at best ill-informed and uneducated at worst. And recently it has culminated in people posting these like video essays on YouTube with titles like Emma Chamberlain needs to go to college. Why are people tired of Emma Chamberlain's podcast? Why this could be the downfall of Emma Chamberlain. And as someone who goes through the Emma Chamberlain subreddit and sees these pop up on my YouTube algorithm constantly, I'm like, this is so intense. (laughs) I mean, yeah,
1: if I took a six-month YouTube break and people started posting 20-minute videos about why I needed to go to college, I might never post again. But the thing yeah. is, Emma is pretty young, right? Like, she's like, yeah. what, 20, 22, mm-hmm. 24? So she could enroll in college right now. It's never too late to go to college. But I I find it fascinating to hear this critique from the very people who basically allowed her to forego college by standing and supporting her. It's like, do you want content or do you want her to get a master's degree?
0: Exactly. And the thing is, my personal theory is that this backlash or this discourse is the exact reason why Emma posted a vlog again because the only video that could get more views than an Emma takedown is an Emma vlog. And I feel like what's missing is that Emma probably stopped posting vlogs because she didn't need to. You know, her old vlogs, they still run ads on them. So that's money. But Mm -hmm. she also makes money from the pod. She's flying out to these shows and making appearances at GQ parties. So she's still culturally relevant enough to get the invite. But also, Emma Mm -hmm. probably just wanted some privacy, especially because, you know, she used to vlog from her house. So there was probably like a safety concern there. But overall... Whatever your issue with Emma is, I do not think going to college will fix that. However, do I want more vlogs? Yes, I do. (laughs) Emma, please go back to your Sunday uploading schedule because I will be there. Notification bell on. I mean, as an Emma
1: Chamberlain chambermaid TM Official, I do have to ask, you (laughs) told us in a meeting that you've tried her infamous coffee company. Uh. Is it good?
0: No. Anyway, so that's the story (laughs) of one comeback that's kind of happened in the YouTube sphere lately.
1: And there's another YouTuber who has also chosen to return to the feed, also in the form of a vlog. People are not nearly as excited about this, though. Mm-hmm. We are, of course, talking about one, Colleen Ballinger.
0: Mm, that's right. The day before Emma posted her vlog, Colleen posted a video on her channel, and it's called Fall Vlog. And I think it's safe to say, vlogging is the new app apology,
1: Mm-hmm. Because she starts this vlog with this serious kind of straight-to-camera apology for a vague thing that she did in June that caused her to take a break from YouTube. What could the vague thing be? We don't know, except we all know. All of us mm-hmm. know. We all know what happened. We did a whole episode about it back in June. But now Colleen is kind of just back daily vlogging as if she's moved on and we should all too. I feel like we need to take this apart because Mm -hmm. if a YouTuber is going to do one thing, it's upload a video that maybe nobody asked for Mm -hmm. that is monetized.
0: Uh Uh-huh. And we're going to do that with the guest who helped us parse this out back in June. So we're going to update you on Colleen's comeback tour and translate what she's actually trying to say with the help of Francesca Ramsey after the break.
1: Hi y'all, hope you're enjoying today's show. If this is your first time listening, then welcome. We're thrilled to have you here. In case you missed it, our show comes out twice a week on Wednesdays and Saturdays. So make sure you never miss an episode like this past Saturdays, which was actually a rerun of a super special episode of The Waves, where I asked culture writer Shamir Ibrahim whether the real housewives are good for women. A very easy, very simple question that we definitely answered in entirety. Check it out.
0: Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7, U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
1: In 2007, TV network CBS dropped 40 kids in the middle of the New Mexico desert as part of a brand new reality show. These kids would have to build their own society from scratch. And if this sounds like Lord of the Flies to you, well, it was meant to.
2: We were on this mission together. And we were going to prove to the world that we could make a better society than adults could.
1: I'm Josh Gwynn, and I want to know what this wild TV experiment was really about. Split Screen Kid Nation, a six-part podcast from CBC. Available now. And we're back with Francesca Ramsey. She's the co-host of the new podcast, Let Me Fix It. You might know her by her handle at Chesca Lee. She's not only an internet veteran, but a triple threat a comedian, TV writer, producer, and a former video blogger with over 30 million views on YouTube. Francesca, hello. Thank you for joining us today. Oh,
3: thank you for having me back. I mean, what a, I was going to say joyous occasion, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) not really the way to describe this this moment in time.
0: Mm, (sighs) I know. And we had you on the show in June to talk about this very topic, uh, the topic being... Colleen Ballinger sure did and we had to bring you back because there's been an update in fact there's been many updates about those updates but just to give a refresher for the audience Colleen Ballinger, she's a YouTuber who also performs and uploads as the character Miranda sings. Earlier this year, Colleen was accused of having inappropriate interactions with underage fans as far back as the early 2010s. One of those fans was a 17 year old named Adam McIntyre, who in 2020 uploaded a 25 minute long expose that included details of his personal interactions with Colleen, which included her sending him a lingerie set when he was 13 and she was in her 30s. Back in 2020... Colleen ultimately confirmed most of the allegations in this apology video where she says, no, I should have never sent a fan underwear. How stupid am I?
1: Fast forward to 2023 when a YouTuber by the handle of Cody Rants comes forward with screenshots that allegedly connect Colleen with group chats that include both minors and adults. Group chats where Colleen is allegedly asking minors if they've lost their virginity, what their favorite sex position is, and to send photos of their bodies, this becomes a very very big controversy online. And in June of this year, Colleen posts an apology video. And we're going to play a little bit of that.
4: Um, it doesn't matter that these things aren't true. Uh, everyone just believes that you are the type of person who manipulates and abuses children. So I just wanted to say that... um. The only thing I've ever groomed is my two Persian cats. I'm not a groomer. I'm just a loser. Who didn't understand I shouldn't respond to fans. And I'm not a predator, even though a lot of you think so. Because five years ago, I made a fart joke. So this apology video
1: actually (sighs) came out after our episode dropped. So we haven't spoken to you, Francesca about it. What are your thoughts? What were your thoughts?
3: Well, I would like to say that I don't think it is correct to label that an apology because she completely denies the allegations. And I felt that that was very bold of her considering we've seen the receipts like this Mm -hmm. is that that Mm -hmm. sure, there are some people that have shared things that they don't have physical proof for. But her sending Adam the lingerie, for example, her sending photos of herself putting a tampon in her mouth and asking these young children to photograph themselves with tampons. Those are not rumors, Colleen. That's not gossip. That is facts. Like we've, mm-hmm. we've seen that. And, oh, uh, there's so, I just have so many thoughts. Also, as a ukulele player myself, <laughs> I am very. Frustrated by the fact that this woman has besmirched the good name of ukulele players everywhere. Yeah. Um, Because now, I mean, and I've made fun of it in a few TikToks and and on my Instagram, but now people associate it with her. And it's just, Mm. you know, let's, let's say even if these, if these allegations were not true. Okay. And someone had accused you of having inappropriate conversations with children, a song is not the way to proclaim your innocence. It is incredibly dismissive. It is. Her demeanor is so. While she's taking a position that feels victimy, you can also kind of feel her anger simmering in in some of the things that she says. She says something along the lines of, "You know, you've stabbed me in my bony little back." Mm-hmm. It feels very threatening because a lot of the people who came forward were former fans. Um, the whole vibe is is just, no pun intended, tone deaf. And and I I, I was shocked that, that she took this route, honestly.
0: Tone deaf. That is the word <laughs> I still feel now. Because, mm-hmm. you know, let's fast forward to November 18th. Colleen, she posts a new video. And it's called Fall Vlog. Let's play a little bit of that intro.
4: Um, obviously, the last video that I posted on here, um, it's really embarrassing, to say the least. I was being accused of some pretty awful things and I just was mad. And um, I should have handled that situation with maturity and empathy, but instead I just let my ego take over and I'm really disappointed in myself. Um, So here's what I wanna say today. Um, Over the last 15 years of my career, there have been moments where I was immature and inappropriate with some of my comedy. And there were times when I did not put enough thought into some of my fan interactions. And because of that behavior, people got hurt. And I am so sorry. I never wanted to hurt anybody, but it's clear that I did. And I feel so terrible about that. Um, I also feel like there's probably people who are disappointed or feel abandoned by me because of my silence over the last few months. Um, and I'm so sorry about that as well. I needed to take time to um, you know, make sure I, w- I was listening and learning as much as possible. And um, I also needed to um, get the help that I needed to, to be okay. Um, I'm a mom, first and foremost, before anything else. And um, I needed to take care of my kids. So um, that's where I've been, and um, but I'm back and I'm here now.
0: So, we have Colleen. She is sitting on the floor in front of a bed straight to camera. She goes on to say she's back. She wants to build a, quote, positive, kind, inclusive, safe space, end quote, on her channel. And then it becomes a vlog where she is, like, showing you her chickens and entering her cottagecore era and finding rocks on the beach. So, Let's start here, Francesca. You made a really good response video to this on TikTok. It is you translating or translating what (laughs) Colleen is really saying during this pseudo mini-apology. So let's start there. Like when this came out, where was your mind? What are your reactions, thoughts? And were you surprised to see her upload so soon?
3: I knew she would come back. I knew she couldn't right. stay away. I, I said that when we when we last spoke. I was surprised that it was so soon because it's really only been like four or five four months, months. Four yeah. months, not very long. Um, but one thing that I did put in my video was that the timing to me uh, was suspect because with the holiday season, uh, the ad rates on YouTube are significantly higher at this time. Uh, mm-hmm. The CPMs, which is the rate that you get per thousand views on YouTube, jumps because advertisers want those eyeballs at this time, which is why so many YouTubers are pumping out content. Um, you might have seen people do Vlogmas, Vlog Every go. Day yes. Till Christmas. They're not just doing it because they love you. They're mm-hmm. making... Those videos because they make lots of money. And since Colleen has returned, she's pumped out a video every single day. So, you know, this is a source of income for her. I, one thing that I noticed in this video and is a trend in a lot of YouTuber apologies. And when I've made these translations, I've Commented on this is this idea of performative contrition, where mm. where Colleen is showing us that she's sorry with uh, in her words and in her, her the way that she is carrying herself, she looks very small and frail, and she talks about how bad she feels, but she's not actually doing the work to show us that she is sorry and has changed, because that would require her to actually acknowledge what she did, and she does a lot of minimizing and distancing. 15 years ago, people can change a long, 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 long time ago, people got hurt, versus I hurt people with my Mm -hmm. actions. Um, And even the fact that she does not get specific about what she has done or been accused of, in my mind is deliberate, because if you are a member of her audience, and you were not following what this was about, Mm. you wouldn't know. And if you have never heard of Colleen before and you see this video clip shared somewhere, there's no reason for you to know what she's talking about. Even the fact that she brings up her kids, which I have many thoughts about monetizing your children um, before they can actually consent to that. It does feel as if she's using her motherhood as a, feel sorry for me. I'm just trying to raise my kids. Mama, raise your kids off the internet. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) No one is forcing you to come back. Toxic Gossip Train has 16 million views. I'm sure the check was hefty for that. So it just... For her, and, and then even just the nonchalantness of making this statement and then launching right into a, a vlog as if, you know, it's just another day on the internet was was really telling to me.
1: I actually kind of want to dig a bit more into that specific format of vlogging, which has been part of Colleen's remit before all of this. She has been more or less like weekly to monthly blogging on her like second channel Colleen's vlogs for like about eight years now. And I wanted to hear your thoughts, Francesca, on what you think this specific format lends itself to and why she might have kind of chosen this stripped down video style to return to on the channel Colleen's vlogs rather than posting this on the Miranda Sings channel when The controversy was more around her tenure as Miranda Sings than as what's happening on her
3: vlogging channel. Oh, yeah, I think all of this is very calculated. Look, I'm clearly not a fan of Colleen's, but she's not dumb, she's very smart. Mm -hmm. She understands her brand, she understands her audience, and she has benefited from the parasocial relationship that she's created with her fans, as evidenced by those group chats that she had with young people. She has created a uh, a format that feels like she's talking to you, like you are her friend. Come with me and let's go look at the chickens. Let's pick up rocks on the beach together. Um, it is a very personal disposition. She knows that her audience has missed her. And she starts the video by saying, I've missed this. I've missed talking to you every." day. If you are a young person that has grown up with Colleen, has literally watched her for a decade plus, the way that she frames these videos makes you feel like you have a relationship with her. And so to your point about putting it on the vlog channel and not on Miranda Sings, that is an effort to keep the Miranda Sings brand clean even though it's gotten all of this backlash, she doesn't have to associate this version, this small mom who just wants to take care of her kids. That's separate from Miranda. And I think she also uses that as a defense for my comedy. Miranda did those things, not me. I'm a mom. I, I don't say sexual things about my uncle. That's Miranda. Um, It's all a very deliberate attempt to distance herself from her behavior and distance herself from the consequences of it, which, as we can see, are not much. Mm -hmm.
0: I picked that up immediately. And I think there's three things that kind of struck me after watching all of the vlogs. The first one being she's definitely playing, at least to me, the struggling mom card of like, (laughs) man, I... I'm out here just trying to pick up some rocks and I got (laughs) to fold pajamas. She keeps folding pajamas. Okay.
3: She lives in a a mansion.
0: A beautiful Santa Barbara six mil mansion.
3: She lives in a mansion. But YouTubers do this a lot where they present themselves as just like you. And the mm-hmm. reality is most of them either started rich to begin with and or have become very wealthy creating this content and it's incredibly manipulative and you are so right she is really positioning herself as like uh, and and she's married like what are you talking yeah. about you have and i'm sure she got more than one nanny i, I know she a has a family one
0: yeah <laughs> i know she has a night nurse like <laughs> come on exactly and so that's one part of it the second part of it is She's really pushing this cottage core Montecito vibe of like, you know, I am returning to the wild. I am disconnected from technology. I'm connecting to nature. And to me, I'm like, oh, is that you trying to say, like, if I'm disconnected from technology, how can I cause harm if I'm not on the Internet?
3: Mm, Yeah. And it also gives the vibe of I'm staying away from the negativity. You know, she loves to frame critiques of her as hate you know and even when she says i want to make this a positive safe space it's a way to dismiss critique of her as hatred and jealousy and bullying and and even that is so interesting to me because it it, it it's infantilizing herself and it mm-hmm. speaks to the fact that she knows her audience is young because young people are quick to dismiss criticism as oh you're a hater you're jealous mm, no i just think you shouldn't put your children on the internet i just think you should not send Messages about sex to children, I think you should not send photos of another youtuber who's half clothed to children that's not hating that's just facts exactly
0: exactly. and the last one I wanted to kind of ask you about her use of therapy because in every vlog she brings up I have been at therapy these past four months. I have been with my therapist just she put an s I just want to note that, no judgment there. And she says that her therapist told her to vlog. They told her to vlog, to not post it. And to me, what that sounds like is like, oh, you are trying to frame this as like this was a self-imposed internet detox sabbatical. And while that is partly true, the way she has spinned it is almost as if you don't even have to ask what caused that. And that Mm -hmm. I was like, is this weaponizing? Is this weaponizing the idea of therapy?
3: Oh, oh, 1,000%. And I I will say that that is one of the unintended consequences of the prevalence of talking about mental health and talking Mm -hmm. about therapy is that people are misusing it as a way to absolve themselves of criticism and absolve themselves of consequences. And I, I also picked up on that, especially when she said, uh, in the opening that she needed to work to get healed and to Mm -hmm. work on herself. It's like, what does that mean? What are, are, what are you healing from? Look, I don't want to diagnose her because I don't know her, but it appears to me that she has an addiction when it comes to the internet. She. Is so reliant on it to feed her ego. Mm. I mean, she has daily vlogged for years. Can mm-hmm. you? I, and as someone that you know, I, I've I've had a long career on the internet. I will also admit I don't always have the healthiest relationship with the internet. But at some point, I had to say to myself, I need to live my life instead of capturing my life for strangers. She captures her children's lives for people that will never meet them. It's not healthy. And so to then use, well, my therapist told me to keep vlogging. I mean, it is clear that Colleen has a complicated relationship with the truth because she often frames herself as the victim when we know she has been the aggressor with Adam McIntyre and the way she framed sending him that lingerie and the way that she minimizes the things that she has done. She's not always telling us the truth. We have video to prove that she's not telling us the truth. So she can say she's worked with therapists I can't imagine that someone would look at what she was accused of and what she participated in and, and advise her to continue filming herself. Just the logistics of that. So you were off the internet you still had a camera in your child's face? Why? What was the purpose of that? You were still in your bathroom doing your hair and talking to a camera for no one to see? That does not sound healthy. Why would why would a therapist tell you to do that?
0: Yeah. And I'm sorry, but her saying therapist makes me think. So you had two allegedly accredited officials telling you (laughs) this was the route to go. Interesting.
3: I don't believe her. Same. And
1: what you're saying is making me think of kind of the cohort of YouTubers that she came up with and how. Most of them, as far as I can remember and as far as I can really recall, have definitely tapered off the access that they allow their audience to have. Like I'm thinking of even the Vlog Brothers, John yeah. and Hank Green. I mean, we know about Hank's cancer diagnosis, but he's definitely being private about a yeah. lot of things.
3: And I would even argue that because they started youtube a lot older and they had families and kids they've always been very conscientious of how much they showed us and i think they did they are a great example of career youtubers but people that have creative pursuits off of the internet that do a really good job of making you feel like you're getting a lot of access when you're not like they would Mm -hmm. always film in the same corner for example know what their houses look like. Yeah. I don't even know what their kids look like. But you're right. A number of people that came up with them have tapered off. And the people that I'm friends with that came up around the same time as me, we all agree that at some point you have to make a decision. Do you want to be a YouTuber or do you want to have a normal life? Mm. You can't do both. It, it, it's, it becomes. In my experience, difficult to be around people that are capturing everything, that are performing mm. everything. They want you to restate things. They want to manufacture things for drama. You can't tell them anything because then they share it in a video. You make a joke and it becomes a sketch. Like, and I would argue you can see that in Colleen's content. Like it's, it's her and her kids and her family. You're not seeing her live life you're seeing her document her life and it it's a it's a lot of work to pump out videos every single day and edit all and they're long those videos are like 30 minutes long that's Mm -hmm. that's a lot for all of my criticisms of her i feel sorry for her because i'm a little older than her um and I know for myself that I've had to make choices about how I use the internet in order to maintain my mental health. And even if you're going to therapy, seeing negative critiques, especially when they're truthful is hard. And, and I really hope that she gets off the internet and, and, and gives her kids a normal life and works on herself. Cause I don't think you can do that while continuing to make content uh, in this this everyday kind of Truman show kind of way. Mm-hmm. That is such a great point. Um, we are gonna take a quick
1: break. and when we come back, we're gonna ask Francesca to predict where Colleen could possibly go from here.
2: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance.
1: And we're back. I mean, something we didn't quite delve into in our last episode is Colleen's use of her children and her content, specifically on her Colleen's vlog channel, which, again, is the one she chose to return to. I wanted to read some of the tweets you wrote, Francesca, back around June. You were explaining how a few years ago, YouTube started disabling comments on content that featured minors because of how often they would devolve into predatory content, basically. And you wrote... So, I tried to give Colleen the benefit of the doubt, but she's fully aware that child predators are watching the content, but she's more concerned with monetization and comments being disabled on content featuring kids because it, quote, hurts creators. And you were, quote, tweeting a 2019 tweet from Colleen that reads, this is getting so ridiculous. How does disabling comments and demonetizing videos stop pedophiles from watching minors online? (laughs) It doesn't. It just hurts the creators. This is not a solution to stopping pedophiles. Ugh, I'm done with the internet today. This is so disappointing. And so I (sighs) wanted to revisit these tweets now that Colleen's back. Now, just to vlogging, but to featuring her children pretty heavily in this content, half of her November 21st vlog is just her visiting a pumpkin patch with her children. And I was reading the comments, and the top ones that I saw are pretty innocent. Stuff like, I just can't believe how much the kids have changed in such a short amount of time. And last time we saw the twins, they were hobbling around trying to walk, and now they're running with joy. And there's nothing really nefarious in these comments but they still make me uncomfortable and I wanted to get your read on them and on Colleen's kind of honestly reliance on her kids no. as content.
3: I I felt so uncomfortable hearing you reread that tweet because she fully acknowledges that there are horrible people watching this content for the purpose of getting a glimpse at minors. And I will say wholeheartedly, I don't believe that YouTube has done enough to protect children. I, I don't believe that turning off comments and disabling ads is enough. Clearly it's not because parents still continue to upload this content. I believe that YouTube thought that it would discourage them because they would say, well, I'm gonna do all this work and put up a video and then it's not monetized. Is it worth it? Because I'm ultimately posting this content to make money. Um And that was truly a mask slip moment for Colleen to just fully say, it hurts creators to turn off the comments and ads. It doesn't protect the children. And it's like, the lesson should be, if I stop putting my children in the videos, the comments won't get turned off and the ads will continue to be visible and I can keep making money. To your point about the comments seemingly being, you know, innocent, Colleen is filtering those comments. Colleen is reading those comments and deleting things. Um, there are so many free applications where you can download people's content. And coming off the writer's strike and 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 the actor's strike, we know that AI is dangerous, and people are already using artificial intelligence to create revenge porn. We're seeing it happen in schools. There are apps where you can put a person's face on a pornographic video where you can digitally take off their clothes. This technology is accessible. It's cheap. It's very prevalent. And when you put your children on the internet, even if they are fully clothed, there are weirdos out there. And even if there aren't weirdos out there, your child cannot consent to every moment of their life being shared with strangers. For people, for strangers to know your kid's favorite color, your f- kid's favorite animal, your kid's favorite book, someone can walk up to your child on the street and in- engage with them as if they know them. And we know that young children are susceptible to walking off with somebody if you give the appearance of, oh, I know your mommy. Oh, I know Colleen. I know that y'all live at such and such, and you do, you went to Disney World this weekend or whatever it might be. And I'm so frustrated that these platforms refuse to actually do anything about it. Um, I believe it's Illinois has come up with legislation to help um, put aside funds for young people that are featured on social media. And I do think that's a step in the right direction. But the thing that I continue to point out is even with the Coogan laws and the SAG AFTRA actors union protecting young performers. We still know that a lot of former child stars talk about being in compromising positions, being exposed to drugs early, being abused. Think about the kids on social media who have no protections. None at all. Your your meltdowns, your crushes, your, you know, you in the bathtub, you in a bathing suit. None of that should be privy to strangers and again I, it just using your children in that way and then oh i'm a mom i'm a mom it it's, it's very disingenuous and at best and and i think it's outright abusive at at worst and i i i know some people shy away from that word but i just i just don't think it's right
0: yeah that's Definitely the read I got as well, because at the end of the day, I just kind of felt like these vlogs were trying to push this idea of like, I'm a mom, I'm a mom, I'm a mom. Therefore, how could I do the things that you're accusing me of? And even if you believe those are true, look at me now because I love them. We're at a pumpkin patch. And like there was just something so disconnective to me about the way that, you know, like I was thinking is she going to come back and basically kill Miranda. Let's say she does some form of that. She kills Miranda. She's like all I am now is calling Mommy Vlog down bad. And I was like, so now when everything is taken from you because of things that you have done, you are now left to monetize the one last good thing you have which is your children and yeah. that kind of freaked me out because like as Rachel's mentioning I was looking at those comments and I was like why is everyone so happy why is everyone just like I'm so glad you're back blah, blah, blah. and I was like if you had never heard of her name you could pop up on these videos and be like oh she's just like a mommy vlogger right like oh that's great that's wonderful and this idea of a restart this idea of like a renewal is just so dangerous I think
3: Yeah, it really is, especially because the young people that Colleen took advantage of, they're still dealing with the fallout of her behavior. Mm -hmm. You know, when Adam came forward in 2020, he got a lot of hate, and a lot of it was driven by Colleen. She frames herself as this victim, and the haters are after her. Even her Netflix show, Haters Back Off. It's this narrative of like, everybody's out to get me, and- that parasocial relationship that she's fostered with her audience is insidious on so many levels. But the, the worst part of it is that she intentionally gives them instructions to do her bidding. She tells them in those group chats, "Ugh, people are coming after me. Ugh, my ex-husband, he's doing X, Y, and Z. And then they go and torment people in order to show their allegiance to Colleen. And that's what they did to Adam. And that's what continues to happen to him for speaking out meanwhile colleen gets to say i'm starting over so you don't get to deal with any of the repercussions of the the terrible things that you did but everybody else that you mistreated and that whose trust you earned and then threw away they have to continue feeling the consequences of your behavior but you know what cancel culture according to the internet is real
0: Mm -hmm.
1: ever since this happened Back in June, I feel like there's a part of me that has just really been focused on the fact that Colleen doesn't exist without her audience. (laughs) Like, she doesn't exist without a broader ecosystem that not just encourages this kind of content, but rewards it. She's been rewarded many times over. And I wanted to ask you, Francesca, as someone who's been making things on the internet for a while, what realistically is there to be done because it feels to me like platforms are going to do whatever they need to do to stay alive. So in a way we're all just voting with our consumption habits and people are consuming this.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I would argue that social media is just a reflection of society at large. We have a number of celebrities and politicians and powerful people that are known abusers and they continue to thrive. And people who speak out are demonized, blacklisted, have their careers taken from them. While I would hope that we would be in a place where there would be real consequences and also an effort to prevent other people from going down this path. I don't think people are inherently born bad. I think society, unfortunately, pushes a lot of narratives that lead folks to believe that they're better than others and that other people are pawns in the game that will make them successful and, and, you know, thrive, whether it be uh, through fans or through fame or through money. And until as a society, we're able to, in this instance, talk about rape culture talk about the fact that abusers can be women, talk about consent, talk about um, parasocial relationships and how young people use the internet and what they have access to and who they have access to. This type of stuff is going to continue to happen. And you're right, we can't expect the platforms to do anything. They're not the arbiters of, of morality. They are businesses They want to make money. That's all they want to do. You know, they can put up a pride flag for Pride Month and do a Black History Month spotlight and (laughs) Women's Month and all that other stuff. But they won't do anything about people being abused on their platforms, including children. They won't do anything about it. Um, So you're right. We have to vote with our eyes. Um, I encourage people to be as vocal about the things that you love on the Internet and on TV As much as you're vocal about the things that aren't great, because unfortunately, it's a a feedback loop where someone does something terrible, and then everybody talks about it, the views go up, Mm -hmm. (laughs) the AdSense goes up, and they continue to just profit, and and nothing changes.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And… Back in June, we asked you to predict what Colleen would do next. And you were pretty on the ball, Francesca, because you said (laughs) she will make an apology video. You foreshadowed (laughs) she would probably monetize it and there would be controversy over it, which did happen. And you also said she'll make some excuses and she'll take a break. She'll come back and she'll keep making content. Maybe she'll retire Miranda or something and just start doing something else. And you had a crystal ball. You saw, you saw it coming because we're seeing it now.
3: Yeah. Look, I don't (laughs) like being right. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I couldn't even, I couldn't even say that with a straight face. I, you know, I've been on the internet a really long time and I've watched a lot of people come and go. I've watched a lot of people make mistakes. Um, I've watched a lot of people pivot. I've watched a lot of people turn their online careers into successful endeavors in other areas. And ultimately, there's nothing new. Right. There's nothing new on earth. I've watched people do this. I've seen people drop the hard R-N word on the internet uh, 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 in re- in reference to your girlfriend Francesca. And guess what? They're fine. They're fine. Nothing happens to them. Nothing. I knew she would come back. I knew she would come back. Um, and... It's 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 bittersweet. I don't I don't like that she's doing this to her kids. They those are the the most innocent victims in this in this whole thing is that they don't have a choice. And I I really, really hope that at some point somebody in her life encourages her to get offline and give those kids a chance to be normal and make mistakes and, and learn and figure out who they are away from the eyes of the internet. But I don't know. I I I could see her doing this forever. Do you want to be eighty years old vlogging? Not me. But <laughs> you know, <Here laughs> you, my in you in a content house that's you want a content house that's also an old folks' home.
1: Mm, that doesn't sound wow. fun. <laughs> Actually, I think that does exist. <laughs> All right, that is the show. We'll be back in your feed on Saturday, so definitely subscribe. It's the best way to never miss an episode, to never miss an apology vlog. Please leave a rating and review in Apple or Spotify and tell your friends about us. You can follow us on Twitter at pod, And you can also always drop us a note at IcyMyUnderscorePod.com.
0: ICYMI is produced by Sierra Spragly Ricks, Rachel Hampton, and me, Candace Lim. Daisy Rosario is our senior supervising producer, and Alicia Montgomery, the slate's vice president of audio. See you online.
1: Or in college with Emory Chamberlain. <laughs>